The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. So a lot of people might not remember exactly where the origin of the story came from, like what we were really discussing or what we were talking about when we first brought up the story. And part of the origin of the story was the, the, the statement that League of Legends is by far not the highest ROI sport that I've bet in my life. <clears throat> I, I have a sport that I have significantly higher ROI in that, uh, with, you know, with a, with a reasonable sample size. Uh, there is another, there's another sport that I've made significantly more money betting than than League of Legends. And that was kind of the what was going on b- uh, behind the story. So let's tell the story of why there's another sport that I have a significantly higher ROI betting than League of Legends. It all starts one day because back in the day, and I'm going to preface this by saying this story happened a little while ago, and I don't have the exact like numbers and details correct now, but I'll give you a good idea of exactly how this went down. So back in the day, I used to move my money around a lot more than I do now from one place to another. You know, you hit a, a huge win on DraftKings. You take some out. Maybe you move it over here to replenish the bankroll over there and here and there. And it happened to be on a weekend that I had a huge set of poker tournaments that I was going to play on Bovada. There was a, a full day slate of poker tournaments that I was going to play that was going to cost, you know, many thousands of dollars to play. And pretty commonly back then as well, um, I used to bonus whore on Bovada really bad. I still do these days, but I used to bonus whore super bad on there. It's a really good deal. Go deposit a thousand, get like five hundred for free. Then you got five hundred for free to bet with, and you still got your thousand for poker or whatever. Withdraw it at the end of the weekend. Do it again next weekend. You get another free five hundred dollars. Just hardcore bonus whoring. So this weekend, I go to go deposit uh, on Bovada, and there's a bonus selectable for me uh, in the lobby, <clears throat> and I I click the. I click the bonus and I don't read it or look at it or take any notice to what kind of bonus it is. Cause every bonus I've ever clicked on Bovada was the same. It's like you deposit a thousand, you get 500, the 500 can only be spent on betting the thousand. You can do whatever you want with, and you can't withdraw the 500 or any funds you make from it until you bet, you know, 10,000, 20,000 or whatever. So this one, I click it and I make a very, very large deposit straight out of uh, my Bitcoin account <clears throat> uh, for playing these poker tournaments the next day. And I go to just grab some, like, one-two, like, just going to practice up and play a little poker the night before. And I notice that none of my funds are available. Like, it says I don't have any money. It's like, why does it say I don't have any money? And I go back and look at Bovada, and all of my funds are locked. Everything that I deposited plus the bonus money they gave me. And I've never had this happen to me before where it locked all of the money. And so I, like, looked around at it for a while. I was like, I do not need this much and then I go look at what I have to bet to get it back, because usually what you have to bet to get access to the funds again is some multiple of what you deposit. And I just deposited a very large amount. And so I go look and I have to bet an absurd amount of money to get access to these funds again. And I can't play poker. And that's the whole reason I put it on there. It's like 9 p.m. at night. The next day is when I need to play these poker tournaments. I was planning on going to bed in like an hour. <clears throat> I was just going to sit down and play some one, two for a minute. Now I can't play poker at all. All my money's locked. I don't know if it was, I still to this day don't know if it was a bug in Bovada's system or if it was a one-time bonus. I've never seen another one like it since this. 
But I sit around for a while. I don't know what I what I'm supposed to do. I'm like, I can't play. I, I had to bet somewhere around like it's like a hundred thousand dollars worth of bets, or somewhere <laughs> like near there, in order to get access to this money. I was like, I don't bet that like ever. Like it would take me forever. Even betting League of Legends in my normal stakes or whatever, I would have to bet like it would take me forever to to claim this. And so I'm looking around at it. I message support. I'm like, yo, just like, don't do this to me. Like, give me access to my money, please. Like you can take your, you can take uh, your bonus or whatever. And they're like, nope, it's in the terms. You have to play through. You selected the bonus. It's a super bonus or whatever. You don't get any of the money until you play through all these bets. And so I, I'm like thinking of ways to do this. I'm like, okay, I could bet against myself. Like I can make big bets on games and then bet both sides or whatever. And maybe that would work. Or like, what if I went and found games that were like, minus 20,000 and I just put all the money on the like minus 20,000 games and just pray that I didn't get unlucky. <laughs> but then I look at the fine print of the, on the bonuses and there's literally fine print on there that says you can't make conflicting bets. And and if it's over a certain amount of a favorite, it doesn't count towards your bonus. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh my God, they've got all my ideas. I'm stuck. There's nothing I can do. And so I sit there for like literally 45 minutes, just staring at the screen. Like, I just don't even understand how I'm supposed to get out of this. And then I'm like, okay, well, I got eight hours. Like, I got eight hours to do this, so uh, I'm going to go to the live lobby or whatever. I'm just going to see what's running. And so there's just, like, a bunch of stuff that's live. <laughs> I'm like, Russian ping pong. Like, okay, I'm in. Like, Borgarov's playing against Ishmagov. Okay, give me Ishmagov <laughs> for 5000 Like, I'm just in the lobby. Uh, I got Aussie Rules football. I got, like, Tier 3 tennis. Uh, I got, like... Every sport, I definitely had ping pong, like a bunch of ping pong action, Russian ping pong. <laughs> yeah, I had said, I had like 10 different tabs open of like various games that I don't even know how to look up the scores for. Like I bet on Australian rules football and I lived in Australia for a long time, but I couldn't even read the scores. Like I kept trying to figure out if my team was winning and it had like four numbers and then some other numbers in a bracket. I'm like, I don't know, like maybe my guys are winning. I don't know. I had to like look at the odds to figure out if my team was ahead or not. But I'm just, like, looking for anything that's, like, minus 200 or 300. It's, like, that's a reasonably safe bet. Just, like, put some money on that. Okay, but I'm not getting there fast enough. Like, these games take forever. It's Japanese basketball. Like, I mean, they're taking, like, two hours or whatever. I don't have time to be waiting two hours on every bet to settle. So I come across, as you might uh, get evidenced by my background, FIFA. Uh, their FIFA matches take, like, between 5 and 12 minutes, depending on what league they're in. And so I was like, okay, well... Maybe there's something to this. I, I, I look at this first game, and the over-under is, like, three. And I was like, I've, I've seen, like, really good FIFA players play. And, like, usually they score a lot of goals, like, if they're really good and they're playing with good players. So I was like, okay. So I put a bet on the over of this one FIFA match. And it hits. And, like, three minutes later, like some more matches open up. And I just bet the over on all of them just blindly. And all of them hit. And then a couple minutes later, uh, some more matches go up. I just bet the over in all of them. And I missed one, but I, th- I think I hit like nine out of my first ten. I hit the over like in all of them. So I started so I started like YouTubing this and, and looking for like any information I can find on pro FIFA and like who is who and like what teams are good. And I like start developing pattern recognition. I'm like, wait a minute. When these guys play like – like when I see Germany in there, like Germany scores a lot of goals, but like Costa Rica, like I think bad teams maybe don't score well, even if they're against other bad teams. Like I just start formulating these theories off of like my first 10 random FIFA bets. You're going full Neo in the Matrix status. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I'm just like, I got like spreadsheets pulled up like because the play, there's different players playing them too. So I'm like Germany, like when General is playing them is like good, but when Crisis is playing them, like they never score any goals. Just like <laughs> it's all this crap going on on the side monitor. 
just jamming over unders in FIFA games. And I managed to jam enough to clear my bet in the eight hours, enough to clear my bonus in the eight hours that I had before poker started, betting only FIFA games. And I made uh, five figures that day betting FIFA games. <laughs> and to this day, it is the most profitable sport that I've bet uh, ROI-wise. Did we get, did we uh, get like a final tally? I, I don't have like the official numbers anymore, but I was like, beyond excited that night like uh, i messaged multiple like josh was one of the people i messaged you messaged in the i remember you messaged me it was like 3 30 in the morning i was like what are you doing there's no lpl game on today why are you messaging me i was like bro you gotta hear this like just bet fifa overs it's the it's gold mine it's jamming every single game i could finally i could possibly i remember find. i remember you messaging me at like 3 30 in the morning it's like yo i have to talk to you i said what like is something wrong john like I messaged uh, like three people. Go ahead, John. We gotta hear. So, like, did you end up getting to like play poker, or or like, were you just dead asleep by the time you finally? No, I did. I did end up playing poker, but I don't think I did very well. I don't think I did well <laughs> that day. But in the end, I think maybe my my FIFA was significantly better than my poker. But to this day, uh, whenever I need to bonus whore. Uh, I go bet FIFA almost every time. I don't do it like as a regular thing, but almost every time when I need a bonus whore, I pop over to the FIFA matches and I still remember some of the players. So I have like some, I have some actual like legitimate FIFA betting theories. Unfortunately, I'm mega limited on Bovada and FIFA. Yeah. These days, I can't bet more than like $120 on a game. When I started, they would let me bet like 1000 1500 2000 whatever I wanted to bet on FIFA. Now they super limit me. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a. Uh, my account specific or if they just realized they were getting fleeced in FIFA over unders and they won't let people <laughs> bet them anymore. But um, that's my, that's my hilarious story of the night that I had an absurd amount of money on Russian ping pong, Japanese <laughs> basketball. And in the end, FIFA, you got to always pay attention to your rollover rules, folks. Yeah. So <laughs> pay just these bonuses. Yeah. So be on, be on the lookout. Our URL is going to change to from the esports department to the esports and FIFA department.com. So just be, be aware of that. It's coming down the pike. It'll be there. And, you know, so we're going to have those. If you, if you have ever a... need to grind out some bonuses, just drop me a message. I'll, I'll give you my, my rules for betting FIFA. <laughs> is it, uh, we're going to be the ESPN, ESPN eight, the Ocho of <laughs> betting content. <laughs> I'm hearing ping pong. I'm here for Aussie football. I need to know what. Hey, listen, are. listen, listen! I have placed wagers on darts before. Okay, so okay, the darts players are actually Yo, insane. If to you've watch. never watched darts, if you've never nice. watched darts, it is an event. It is yeah. such a fun thing to watch. Like, legitimately, I'm not even trolling. Like, it's a hall full of like just completely drunk people. And everyone is so hype over literally anything. It's like the best thing ever. It's so fun. Oh, man. All right. So, welcome to episode 100 <laughs> of the Gold Card Podcast. People are asking People are asking in the, in the chat already. So, I was just going to tell you right now, if you want to find eSoccer and FIFA on Bovada, you have to go to the Soccer tab and then go to <laughs> eSoccer. It's under Soccer. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> Is Kev's going to throw this in the DGen parlay? Oh, no. <laughs> so, welcome to episode 100. Guys, we made it. We are made it to our centennial episode. I, for one, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think we were going to make it this far. So, I guess, cheers, first of all. Cheers to uh, episode 100. We, cheers to playoff action. We have an awesome playoff slate coming up this weekend. And, uh... 
yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you guys have any, any comments on episode 100? I kind of feel like I'm supposed to have some big Bafo thing planned, but I honestly, I think that story was good enough for me. We've been teasing it for, what, 15 episodes now? Oh, I, I've been laughing at every mention of that for the last, like, six months. Ever since, like, just been laughing constantly every time I remember it. It's so good. It's so good. Twitch chat's popping off. Awesome. Awesome. Kev's <laughs> like, oh, shit, I gotta edit the part. <laughs> Oh no! Here we go. So, couple things we had. Um, we had a uh, uh, feedback from at Brendan Dar. He actually he's he was uh, giving feedback saying he likes the day to day slate thing. So we'll keep that going for the time being. We appreciate any and all feedback you guys send. Um, like I said, we'll read reviews. We'll read all that. Speaking of reviews, I have one of those that we're going to get to in just a little bit. But uh, you know, I might as well just do it now, right? While it's story time, this is this is this is a review fit for a king. Okay, this is <laughs> I'm gonna be reading this directly off my phone. <clears throat> I should do like dramatic. I should do like a uh, a dramatic reading. I don't know if I'll be able to keep it together long enough to do a dramatic reading, but uh, we'll see. So this review is from uh, Whip Dole, who also just followed us in the Twitch chat, but that was a little bit ago. <clears throat> I won't do a full dramatic reading of this. He says, it's titled, I'm not writing this under... Ellipses. Five stars. This is from February 21st, so I apologize for the delay reading it. I do check these every week. Sometimes it takes iTunes a little bit to to, to add them. <clears throat> Here we go. I swear I'm not being forced to write this review. I'm giving this podcast the maximum five stars based entirely on its merit. I am not being threatened to say that it's an incredibly enjoyable show, something which might come as a surprise considering the uneven sound levels, the often fuzzy-buzzy recording, the fact that each episode has a shelf life exactly the same length of the episodes themselves, the lack of notes with timestamps, take objection to that, the fact that it's simply a bunch of experts giving gambling takes, etc. No, haha. My wife and my cat are, I assure you, perfectly safe... As I write this, and not a consideration in me typing the sentence, quote, this podcast is absolutely the best part of the week, and I often stay up until it drops at 1 a.m., and their Twitter account is one of only three that I have notifications for. Thank you. You know I'm doing this of my own free will when I say that the content is not always of excellent quality, but that the fumbles and foil <laughs> and foibles and blessed bad takes and bet loss stories are among the best parts. I am absolutely not worried for my own well-being. I love this show. Note, the author of this review has no affiliation with Drew Brees, the Brees family, or the Brees Dream Foundation. Thank you for the review, Whiptle. Thank you very much. Okay, Whiptle, you're free. <laughs> Joke's on you guys. He doesn't have a cat. He has a dog. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a cat anymore. Uh, I mean, uh, what? Uh, um. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so things I took from this. We need to upgrade mics. And two, I got to put, start putting timestamps again because I've just been totally lazy on it. So <laughs> I will try to get back to doing that, guys. 
I will read any and all reviews that are sent, so have a ball. It does take iTunes a little bit of time to process that season. They do need to be family-friendly, otherwise iTunes won't show them. So if you were reviewing on iTunes, make sure you keep it PG. You can review on the other platforms, too, and I will check there as well. So just uh, <laughs> already already off to a, a blazing start on this episode. <laughs> Uh, any news I missed out on? Oh, we got we got the uh, announcements for the groups for MSI. That was actually interesting. Um, I'll pull these up right now because I didn't plan to talk about this in the show notes. So we have it's going to be three groups of four. Uh, I'll just quick run these down. So Group A is going to be the LPL, uh, the VCS, which is Vietnam, the LCL, which is the Eastern European League, like Russia and and, and Eastern Europe and the Balkans, and then the Oceanic Circuit, which is now like the kind of blended. Uh, Oceanic Circuit. Uh, group B is going to be the LEC, the PCS, which is the the blended Southeast Asia and LMS blend, the TCL, which is Turkey, and the and CB Lull uh, from Brazil. That group is actually crazy interesting to me. Like the LEC probably wins this, but like a couple of the PCS teams are very very good. And Turkey historically always has a couple good teams, so I could see some maybe some upsets maybe happening depending on who goes from the LEC. Uh, that group's the most interesting to me. Uh, group C is the LCK, the LCS, lol, <laughs> unlucky, uh, and the uh, League of Latin Americana and um, the LJL, which is Japan. So realistically, besides drawing the LCK, this is like the second easiest possible draw. Yeah, I mean to be LCS? fair, no matter where no matter where the LCS went, they weren't going to be like a favorite to get out. Yeah, or whatever, like so. what was so what was like the, the the theoretical best group for the LCS? I think would have just been like LEC and these two teams, right? I don't know. I almost kind of feel like the LCS might have even been better off in China's group. Maybe just because like I think China the Chinese teams are so variant. Maybe the LCS teams could steal one. They're not better than the LEC, the LCK, or the LPL teams. So yeah. the one they could steal one off of might be the LPL. Yeah, it's kind of definitely kind of interesting. Um, group B looks kind of dope, though. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then, so MSI is going to be, I believe, the top two from each. Let me see. Uh, top two from each group advance to stage two. So it should be good. It should be get a good bracket. Uh, any other news I'm missing? EU Masters started up today, right? Or the the, the qualifiers started this week, right? Yeah, they're still in the play-ins. They started yesterday, yeah. so we don't have the official main event teams yet, but it's on the way. All right. Uh, I think that's it for now in terms of news topics, unless you guys have anything else. Wild Rift no, came out this week. People, people, have been, people have been hype on that. Everyone's like, oh, it feels like season one again. Nobody knows what they're doing, and they're just mashing buttons. It's great. <laughs> it's the uh, mobile version of League, by the way. It's pretty pretty hip. Uh, Actually, one of my buddies like has been wanting to sort of get into League, but he said he tried on the computer, and like it was way harder than when he did Wild Rift. So at least I actually think that's a good way to get people introduced to the game and at least familiar definitely. with like abilities and whatnot. So that's at least... It can which, serve that stepping stone, which is nice. Which is cool because that's been something we've talked about a lot, like like the player base. I know like Dota's kind of going through a, an issue with this. Not an issue, but it's just like a like the aging of their player base. And it's difficult to get new players in, especially with you have so many options these days. So it's a good way to like I, I don't want to say like hook people in, but it's a good it's a great like starter 
So that's I'm glad you mentioned that, Josh, because I, I completely forgot. And just popping on to like normals in league can be so oppressive if you're not used to playing. Like you're, every game you're in is going to have some Smurfs, and they're just going to like roll you super hard and make the game very unfun when you're brand new. I know. Uh, I guess that was like last week. We didn't really talk about it, but uh, Dota, like Valve's going to try to put in like anti-smurfing measures for Dota. Did you see that? Yeah, they're going to start banning Smurfs. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out in terms of like application or how practical it is or or like the the mechanisms through which they're going to do that. But interesting. I guess it, it'll be it'll be cool to see someone else go through that and and, and see how it, t- it pans out. But uh. You know, I'd be all right if they did that in League as long as they made – the option that I would like to see is to tell everyone you can have one account. If you email us all of your accounts, we will combine all the things that you own on all those accounts onto one of them of your choice. Like choose which account you want to keep and we'll combine all, all your purchases, anything you own onto one account. The, all, that's like one of the only things that's kept me from just playing one account over the years is I have a bunch of accounts and they all own different things. Mm-hmm. So some days I want to go play – I mean – just because I made him as Smurfs back in the day just to play Yone or whatever. Maybe I never bought Yone on this other account, but I have a Yone-only Smurf that has Yone with skins. And I wouldn't mind playing on one account if all my stuff was on one account. Yeah. So. That makes a lot of sense. We'll see. <clears throat> I just thought that was kind of interesting to point out. And I think other than that, there's not really a whole lot news-wise going on. End of the season, the LPL and LCK was Sunday. Uh, haven't seen any roster changes yet, any roster announcements. I know Academy Playoffs started up too but yeah we're not going to talk about that here let's get right into playoffs so i don't i'm going to pull DraftKings up because i don't know how they're doing these slates the first slate is these two lck games i think you only have the two here yes these two lck games and the first lpl game is the first slate all right so it's a three game slate okay yeah so we'll just i guess we'll just go in order of day we yeah we can just do that slate real quick and then start on the next ones after yeah because I, i think is there a chance they just like add like the next game and they'll do like this, like they'll do like the Thursday games with the Friday game. Like, yeah, they, could they, they could do like, we don't like know. that. They do do stuff like that sometimes. So we might see something like that, but yeah, we'll have, we'll have to see, but we're kind of, we're kind of, we're kind of <clears throat> in the dark on this. So we're just going to go day by day and we'll, we'll cover this slate first. And then the thing we can be confident about if you're trying to do it slate by slate, the thing we can be confident about is that the LEC and LCS are not going to be with the LPL and LCK Yeah, and they will be together. So we could just do LPL and LCK and then do LCS and LEC and it should be fine. Yeah. I think that sounds good. And we'll yeah we'll just go by day with those regions and because that's probably what it's going to end up being so and then I, I assume we'll have like the next round of LPL the next two matches will be their own thing with maybe with also with the next round of LCK and that'll probably be another three game slate on Saturday Sunday something like that but we'll we'll figure that out so let's open it off with um we got a match tomorrow morning I know this is a little bit late we don't usually do this but uh you know it's live we figured we could do it and you know I'm gonna cut and edit this up in a little bit so. Uh, we have – let's not spend too much time on this one, though, uh, just time-sensitive-wise. So we have Hama Life minus 556 against Nongshim plus 368. We'll say Nongshim to take a game is at minus 219. Uh, I already did my write-up on this one, and this was a weird match to handicap because, like, part of me thinks that this is too expensive for Hanwha. Like, it's it's tough to justify this, but – it's really hard to make any kind of case for Nongshim at all. And that's kind of where, like, I drew the line. So I, I kind of went more qualitative on this one, and I, I backed Hanwha for tomorrow. 
Yeah, I hate both of the first two LCK matches. I feel like neither one of them is very exciting at all. Yeah. Like, I think Nongchim is the more likely of the two underdogs in the LCK to win. Like, if one of them is going to win, I think Nongchim is more likely. But seems really unlikely that either one of the underdogs wins. And I, I can't really even consider betting Nongchim at 368. That just doesn't seem like nearly a good enough price for this series. It would, if that number was, like, double... I would I would consider betting Nongshim, yeah. but three sixty eight just seems too small to me. The, the whole thing with this series, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to Josh and Chris here. Is I I just kept coming back to the same thing, which is I, there. I don't know how Nongshim are gonna have to get really creative and find a way to hide Bay from Chovy because I mean we're talking like worst starter in the LCK against maybe best player in the world right now. And I like every every single other thing I looked at. I was like, okay, like they could draft this way. Oh, but then that gives Chovy counter pick. Oh, they could draft. Oh, well, Chovy will just win the blind matchup too. Oh, well, wait, what if? <laughs> like every way I try to figure, like a way for for Nongshim to to, to they're gonna have to cheese. I think I don't think Chovy they can play this chokes right under now. the pressure, Jelati. That's what that's the answer. Somehow under the pressure, Chovy can't handle it. They just that. runs him over. Clip that, push that, clip that, and then I, I would love to see it linked back in the Discord. Later. I would love to Kev, see it linked. Kev, please clip that. Kev, yeah, Kev, get on that, please. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Josh and Chris, is there, do you, like, I guess try to make the case for Nongshim. Like, Hanwha are kind of variant. They rely on kills for a lot of their economy. Like, I mean, I, I, mean, I think the case for Nongshim is just uh, grief draft from like uh, Hanwha. Themselves. Like, they, yeah, I mean... They've shown it. I, this is something that Chovy teams do because we said the same thing with DRX. We've talked about it a couple times on the show, but like sometimes they just draft like garbage. And I mean, I think hypothetically as well, like there could be a, a situation where uh, it, it's rich, right, in the top yeah. lane. Yeah, rich. I mean, I, I think the the weak weak spot of uh, Honor right now is very clearly their top lane. Yeah. So he just pulls out one of his. You know, he's he's known for pulling out these picks like cast top and. Weird stuff. Maybe you pull something really out. Good and Jace, rolls really over good Jace. Really good Could just pop off. In yeah. Game. Yeah. Like so. I mean, the the problem with that is like, like I, I want I want whatever sides plus money in terms of Nongshim takes a game or or HLE sweeps, right? Yeah. And so in this case, it's just HLE sweeps because I think there's a story either way. The story with like you said with HLE sweeping is just like they're just better and they can't stop Chovy. And the story with Nongchim just taking one game is, hey, maybe they get a draft advantage and HLA decides to give up Seraphine Center or something. Yeah. Like, uh, who would ever do that against another top four team? That's okay. <laughs> not HLE, definitely not them. I don't know why they would ever do such a thing. So, but yeah, so I think I just would take the plus money on the HLE suite personally. Yeah, it's it's just tough to. I the, my issue is like this team's just like fanatic. Like, I just don't trust them to sweep anybody. Like they're clearly better. But they're they're so sloppy and and like variant in they're they're really good at getting people to play their games. So I don't I understand that their numbers aren't always going to look as pristine as like your Gen G's and your Damwons and stuff like that. So they're really good at playing these like barroom brawl kind of games. Like they're exceptionally good at that. But those games are just kind of variant by nature. More more variant by nature. Like they're they're better at it, so they're good and they win a lot. But I don't, the other thing I came back to is like Hamwa have a twenty-two and seven record against not the top three, and they're four and eleven against the top three. And if you look at their numbers, like they look like an elite team when they're not facing the elite teams. 
So Hamwa, in many ways, they don't look quite as crispy and clean as Afrika did last year, but like they are a pure, like they're a gatekeeper to me. They're a gatekeeper with upside. Like they can punch up, I think, just because of the way they play. But yeah, that not the other thing. The other thing with this is not Nongshim's bad. Like Nongshim is not a good team. This is a totally fraudulent playoff team. Right. Yeah, I would have rather seen Sandbox in here, I think, despite the last weekend's performance from Sandbox. I think I would have rather seen them in here. Were Sandbox the best, like, the sixth best? Like, I think they were the sixth best team. Yeah, it just sucks that they, they really botched their last weekend when they were kind of, it was up to them to, to get themselves in, and they, they lost a match they sh- that they shouldn't have lost in theory. Besides, so. besides that miracle game three on Sunday morning, how hilarious was that? <laughs> That was that was hysterical, and that's why we're going to fade our next match, which is DRX and T1. This opened a lot shorter. I got this at a better number. I don't honestly. I would just take T1 wherever. So we have T1 minus nine hundred, DRX plus four ninety. Yeah, I think this is my pick of the week. I think I'm going to take SKT minus two and a half. Uh, I think SKT is just going to absolutely obliterate DRX. I don't think this is a close series at all. Speaking of fraudulent teams. DRX aren't as bad as Nongshim. They're not as bad as the bottom of the table, I think. But uh, they're not good, and they're too linear for a best of five. That's the way I look at it. Is there anywhere... Like, T1 have lost games to to good teams, like, to to bad teams before, so I don't know. I I don't think we're going to see any more shenanigans with the lineup, right? Are we going to see, like, like they go up 2-0 and bring closer in? Um... It's possible that we see some some lineup changes, but I think we're pretty likely to see what we've got here. I like the same lineup that's been playing for T1. I think they're probably just going to play this out and stop. Yeah, I, I think so too. How do how did DRX get a game here? Well, first you banned Seraphine and Senna, <laughs> which apparently is not rocket allowed science. In the OCK. It's rocket science. I, dude. Can we just talk about this for a second? <laughs> Two straight series. Or not too straight with it. Why? What is hap? Why are teams allowing? Has Faker played anything but Seraphine recently? Like he played a Victor game and got destroyed. The Victor game against Chovy, he was like one three and four. But on Seraphine, he's like three zero and forty or something. Like it's, it's like, why are you giving this man Seraphine? Please stop. It's so disgusting. Like he's, he's, what is happening? He is four and zero on Seraphine with a twenty point seven KDA. <laughs> like, it was was Gen G the other team that let them do this? Like I swear it was two good teams that let them just. I think it was Gen G. I'm almost positive it was Gen G. It because I think I remember it was, like it was Gen G. Yeah, I remember like Nemesis Malding in his live stream. He went he went like six two and twenty four in the two games he played it against them. I just don't understand why these teams are allowing him like. If you're gonna you bully can't ban him. everything, dude. You can't ban okay, everything. That combination is so stupid. What? I agree like, with you. Don't let him have both. Let him have yeah, like, well, one or the I mean, other. I personally think Senna's the most broken AD carry and Seraphine's the most broken champion overall in the game right now. I don't know if you guys have disagreements with those two statements. It's, but, it's, so so yeah. to me, you can at least bend those it's two. It's weird but. to me because I kind of think it's easier to punish Senna than Seraphine, and that's like it doesn't it doesn't sound like that sounds ass backwards, right? Not really. I because think that Seraph- makes more sense the thing with Seraphine is Seraphine does so much. Like she doesn't need resources, like at all. Like you can play her mid lane, and she can be down thirty CS, and she's better than you anyway. That's that's like the most frustrating thing about it. So, and that's why you're starting to see like utility shit. Like uh, like um, Damwon was playing Zillion, 
like ever Frozillion against it to just like try to match the utility. It's not healing, but it's like that level of utility where you can get like you know six seconds of CC in a fight or something that's going to be more useful sometimes. But yeah, I don't know. I think the only comparable pick is like a solo lane Karma. Is like the only thing where I think it's remotely comparable, but I don't even. But Karma doesn't like game break with one button press like Seraphine. Yeah. Like legit, Seraphine presses R, and you can end the game. And, you press R, yeah, and, and you just end a game on that. It's right, it's yeah, silly. If the if the other carrier doesn't have a flash or a zone use, you just you kill them. The game's over. It's just so. And the the thing with T one too is like we've seen a lot of like the low tier LPL teams try to play the Seraphine and they just like it does not compute to them. You know, what I'm you see like Rogue Warriors pick not Rogue Warriors, but like I'm trying to think like LNG or like what like any of those level teams like those mid tier teams. Every time they try to play the Seraphine, it's like, oh, the other team just picks his ear and just all ends you on cooldown. Like, they don't know what to do. Like, they have no idea how to, like, move as a formation. Everybody always goes and dives something. No one ever just, like, stays as the Phalanx. But that's, like, what the Korean teams are good at. And you have this T1 team that's full of veterans and Karia, who's basically a 10-year veteran the way he plays. And you just can't, like, it's just a free win to this team. It's so easy for them to operate that kind of shit because they've been doing it for years. So, to be honest, is there any reason that Seraphine's ultimate needs to have that range? No. Seraphine's ultimate range is so ridiculous. It's, if they just cut that like in three quarters or half, then it'd be a great ability. No, like if, they didn't give it, if they didn't give it the extender, that's what it yeah, is. It's so so far. If when they didn't give, if they didn't give, if they didn't give the extra range, it should be capped. Yeah, like I, I like I, I, I like the idea that they have. With like, okay, like you want to use this with your diver in correlate, like in combination with your teammate, like that's cool. That adds play to things, right? And it adds like draft incentive for you to pick shit like Olaf. But it's just too good. Like either cut down the CC or just take that part of it away. She yeah, would still be good so. without that. That's what I'm saying. She's a good. She's still a good champion if that ultimate is like half the length yeah. that it is right now. She's also a good a champion if she's only the ultimate. Out. So <laughs> anyway, um. T1 bettable? I could see them losing a game randomly. DRX are good enough at scaling that if they just try to play that and they coin flip a game. It could happen. The minus one point, the minus 2.5 is my play, so. Yeah. I like the minus 1.5 a lot in this one. I could see T1 drop. It's minus 323, but that feels like a lock to me. Uh, LPL on Thursday? Uh, any other oh, comments wait. on this one, Josh? Yeah, I wanted to add something. You, I think you mentioned it in the Discord, but good to bring the discussion up here. Uh, so, like, I think in the Discord you mentioned, I just saw it quickly, but, like, people are always scared to bet, like, a minus 909 line, for example. Um, but, like, in matchups like these, like, how would you approach that? Because I think it is actually, like, not that ludicrous here. No. For, just because of the style of team. So, implied odds on this are 90%. It's like ninety point one or something like that. But the implied odds on this are ninety percent. If you if you handicap T one at ninety five, if if you if you don't see a way they lose this series, I don't see why not. Now, there's a there's a school of thought that says the opposite. Like you just find different ways to attack through this money line. Like you play uh you know, you play kill spreads or you play something like this, but I personally don't have a problem laying big chalk if I actually think there's an edge on it, right? But you have to quantify your edge, and it doesn't mean you need to bet 900 to win 100 either. Just take your $9 or whatever it is, you know? Like, that's fine, too. It's not a big deal. Like, it's... 
Like, just do flat staking on this stuff and just take your profits where you can get them. It'll add up over time in these spots. If, in fact, you do think it's that strong of a position. The catch with this is you could have had this at minus, like, 550. So, like, if you're, like, when you're doing these kind of big money lines like this, you got to be getting them early in the week when you can. That said, I would, I think I would probably still play this at this high up. I don't... Yeah, I yeah. just wanted to start that conversation. I mean, I think it's interesting too to look at something like taking the minus one and a half instead and saving yourself six hundred points of vig. Um, for you know, I mean, yeah. the minus one and a half is. <clears throat> I mean, like I don't know. You're, I think it's you're saying likely. Take I think it's pretty likely. Yeah, I think it's pretty yeah, likely like, as well. So, and I, you I, get way better odds. So, yeah, I just think in general, um, the the way you need to. I think people come at – I think there's a lot of people that have the background of traditional sports, whether it's football or, like, soccer or, like, the big two, where they're spread sports, and they're used to betting minus 110 on each side, and, like, the weighted coin flip, right, the 52.4%, you know, VIG, right, and you have to beat 52.4% over over betting a ton of minus 110s, right? But in these kind of situations like this, like, any kind of, like, money line sport, like hockey or, or baseball, you see a lot of this stuff, too – it's all about, like, quantifying your edge. Even if it's just, like, you have a basic, like, eye test model. That's fine. Like, eye test, like, you have notes and your own power ratings or whatever. If you if you just decide this is 95.5, just eye test, even if you don't have all the numbers and everything. If you think this is 95.5 and the market says it's 85% implied odds, then, to me, that's a position. Now, I'm not saying you need to bet, like I said, you don't have to bet 900 on it. You can bet 100 and win your, you know, win your $9 or whatever it is, but... I don't have a problem with these kind of positions like a lot of people do. It's not very sexy, but one thing that I've recommended to people in the past is uh, if you're thinking that you might do this real seriously, maybe take six months, bet a dollar a game, record your results, and just see where am I losing money, where am I making money? Like, am I making money in parlays? Am I making yeah. money when I'm betting over 500s? Am I making money on underdogs? And you might be surprised after six months that, like, there might be whole chunks that you're betting where you're not making money and whole chunks where you're really accurate. Mm -hmm. I definitely, the first time I ever recorded my bets over a long period of time, there was certain like plus numbers and certain minus numbers where I was doing fantastic. And then other plus and minus numbers where I was doing very badly. Like I think it was when when the number was, when the number was between like plus 200 and plus 275, I was terrible. Like I was almost always wrong. But when it was like plus one twenty, I was super accurate. Yeah. So like I knew when it when a slight underdog was actually a favorite, but I was over picking like real underdogs uh, in spots that I shouldn't have been. So you can figure that kind of stuff out about yourself. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're gonna have we're gonna have to do a show like a like a betting one hundred and one kind of basic show. I've been talking about doing this for a while. But we just haven't had time during the middle of the season, so we'll we'll definitely do this in between seasons. I think, or I'll probably just try to put out a piece of content on that separate, even if we don't if we don't have the time to do it. But a lot of this kind of stuff, like. It's just a matter of, like, okay, like, is there an advantage on it? If there's not a better angle for you to take, a more efficient angle for you to take, then it's bettable to me. So, anyway. Uh, Thursday. This is an interesting one. This has moved a lot already. So, we have LPL Thursday, the last game on this three-game DK slate. We have Rare Adam, now plus 108 against Invictus, minus 145. So, money's coming on Invictus here. This opened even money. Uh, pick them for these two esports pick them. So split minus one fifteens. So this is the DraftKings slate ruiner for anyone that's looked at the slate. I'm sure they've noticed that this ruined the slate because Invictus is 
a money line favorite but the underdog on DraftKings, and it's just going to really ruin this slate. I think I was talking about it in my video today, but Invictus and Rare Adam are going to be both absurdly owned, I think, and Invictus is probably going to be significantly higher owned than Rare Adam because they give you the best stacks that you can get, basically, with the other two favorites. Um, I have a feeling... So I I talk about my gut handicapping sometimes. I I have a gut feeling about this match. This feels like a match where each of these teams is going to lose one of the games, like 17-3, to and it's going to completely obliterate their scoring. Like, that's how it kind of feels to me. They're like... Game one is going to be 17-3 to Invictus, and game two is going to be 17-3 Rare Adam, and then both of their scoring is going to be super capped. Even though this is, in theory, the bloodiest matchup, these two teams in particular feel like they can win and lose games like that. Yeah. And uh, and I could definitely see this series kind of scoring getting capped off by the fact that each of them take a tough loss. Yeah, I, I do think... That, that's interesting. Like, is this like full fade status, or do you like have to play rare Adam, or is this a case where you just play like cash and play Invictus? Um, if you're talking card? DFS, I actually think the coolest play on this slate in DFS is Fofo because he's absurdly too expensive. They just made him like the most expensive mid laner. He's more expensive than Faker. He's more expensive than Chovy in their that's matchups. Weird. Even though the rest of his teammates are like hovering so around no the one's same. Gonna play him. So, yeah, I feel like Fofo's so hard to play that he actually makes, like, a really good play on this slate. Because if Rare Adam does win, I think Fofo will score very, very well. And it's and well given that a he's... reason for them to win, too. Like, I don't think yeah, any of us I... think it's crazy. Exactly. And since he's more expensive than Faker and Chovy, which are both huge names and both in easy matchups, you have to feel like other people are going to go to Faker and Chovy when they can and, and not play Fofo. Josh, Chris, any thoughts on, uh, you know, either either part of this slate? Yeah, I think John's right about this whole... Um ownership thing that you're playing with. And if you're going to build an RA stack, Fofo has to be part of it anyway, so that's the other angle where you're going to go up against bigger, like if they big stack RA, that Fofo is going to be part of it, but Fofo captain's so cost prohibitive. I don't know, you, you would need to take a dog, an LCK dog, which I don't think any of us believe any of the dogs will win. Can you, so can you, like, is this like, is this like a don't, like, I almost feel like you do like a topper support captain here with this, right? You could do some. I messed around with it a little bit this morning. There's some weird stuff you can do if you mess around with the three favorites. There's there's some things you can do, uh, like counting rare Adam as a favorite. There's some weird things you can do to try to get some extra fofo ownership. I added a little bit of extra fofo ownership. I didn't make it like my entire game plan, but it's it's something that I that I thought about and added a little bit for. Yeah, it's definitely. definitely... Yeah, I, I mean I haven't looked at the full set of projections, but just quickly pulled up my LPL ones and. He's going to, I mean, if they get three wins, he's going to be pushing 100 points off those three wins in a median situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's an awesome scorer. Yeah, so that's not even considering any bonuses they would get. Or if they go five games and win three to two, he's going to be above that, et cetera, et cetera. Fofo, Fofo quietly having a ridiculous individual season, by the way. Like, I, I, I haven't seen anybody really talking about this. Maybe you guys have mentioned it, but, like, I mean, he's killing it. Like, if Knight didn't exist... Let me see where I have him in my individual. I, he's like literally number two in like tradition, like traditional carrying, like just the lane metrics at fifteen and damage per minute. He's number two only tonight, and he's not actually that far behind you, him. It just shows you why BLG is so fucking stupid, dude. We knew he was good when he was on BLG too, but they just never win, no matter who. I on think he's team. he's also for what it's worth, he was he was decent last season. He's playing really really yeah. well this season. He wasn't playing I'll say, well last uh, season. The other really relevant piece of information that they that they brought up in the chat as well that's important is that 
we don't know for sure. This is the first time this year that we're not going to know the LPL lineups before the game starts yeah. because the LPL game's on Thursday and the slate starts on Wednesday. Puffer wing. And there's really, there's really, yeah, there's really only one position where that matters, which is Invictus is AD carry. Um, I kind of made it known in the chat in the Discord, but for people that aren't in the Discord, uh, Puff played the last seven matches until the last match of the season, and then Wink played the last match of the season. I think that was because Invictus already had everything locked up in the last match of the season um, that they played Wink. I'm going to guess that it's going to be Puff uh, in the playoffs. Is it just worth, based on that? But it's just a guess. Is it worth playing like I don't know, like 20 percent of your lineups with Wink in them? If you're if you're going to um, play IG, is it worth that the, exposure? Here's the problem with that: is that I guarantee there's going to be some people out there who think Wink is playing because he played last match. So, you're not so I don't even getting an advantage from it. Yeah, I don't think you're getting like one of those like 0.1% owned like haha we got them type moments. I'm guessing Wink is going to be like seven to ten percent owned or seven to eight percent owned or somewhere in there. Squares. Um, so yeah, I'm not even really sure you're getting much advantage. The only kind of tournament where I would even consider it is like the fifteen dollar or whatever those ones the, that have like big big tournaments. Yeah, really big field. I would at least consider it. But yeah, play uh, like a one like a, like pick your favorite lineup of that and then just you know have a one of with him in it instead maybe. Yeah, and there's no guarantee. So, I mean, you're, you're taking a shot if you're playing that position at all. You're taking a shot that you're going to get screwed because there's definitely a chance that Wink gets marched out uh, in the playoffs. And then if you're, if you're all in on puck, I mean, you got nothing going on. I mean, on, who so. do you, do you, like, just out of curiosity, do you guys have a preference for who they play? Like, just It honestly doesn't even feel, doesn't feel that important to me. It feels like Jun, Rookie, and the Shy are going to decide whether or not they win that series. I don't right. think Lucas and Puff or Wink are going to have a lot to say about whether or not they win, to be honest. I agree. I actually th- I I also think, think they've been okay. Yeah, I think they should just bring back Jackie Love and embrace the power of friendship. But, you know. <laughs> oh, man, how happy would you be if he transferred back and then they played Balon again? Oh, my God, I would be so happy. That would be sweet. Uh, I guess we'll do... LPL Thursday. I'm just going to double check to make sure. Yeah, we might as well do LPL Friday next and then go into the Friday, Western Thursday, League. Yeah, Friday, not Thursday. So, yeah, so we the LCK semis would be – I mean, we'll, we'll, let's just, like, quick, like, gut check. Uh, Damwon plays the winner of – Damwon's probably going to play Hamwa. It's got to be Damwon, right? I mean – Yeah, what do you think the odds are going to be? Probably, like, minus 500 or something. It might go slightly smaller. It might be like yeah. minus four hundred. D- Damwon are weird because like they're clearly, I think they're insanely good, but like they're just way overpriced always. So you can get some good spots playing like kill spreads and stuff against them, and then probably T one against Genji. That's going to be a hell of a matchup. I'm curious where that's going to be. I'm going to be on the T one side for that. I think depending on you know we'll, if we'll they see. struggle really hard against DRX, maybe I'm not. But yeah. at the moment, I'm on the T one side. We'll see. We'll see how that looks too. I, I would guess Genji are going to be short favorites there, probably like minus one forty ish, something along those lines. I think um, you're going to see T one open as favorites. Wow, uh, maybe Genji I mean, hasn't been as good in the second half of the year, and T one's on this roll right now. I think the books are going to make T one the favorites as, as long as they don't like you know have a squeaky series against yeah. DRX or something. We'll see. It's certainly possible. Thursday, uh, I'll, Friday in the LPL. My bad. <laughs> We've got Sooning minus nine hundred, LNG plus four eighty. Alright, so this so I, I started I started like writing on like just like handicapping this like on my own. Like I didn't do my write up for this one yet. This was a really, really weird series. Because it was a it was a lot like the Hamwan Nongshim series in that Sooning are way overpriced here. But 
can you tell yourself the story where LNG get it done? I think LNG relative to the league is better than Nongshim, like relative to the LCK. But LNG are so like I I actually filtered LNG against the playoff teams, like the nine other playoff teams. LNG against the nine playoff teams graded very very similarly to Rogue Warriors. So legit gatekeeper team again. So it they are going to have some time to prep for this series. I mean, they haven't played since, what, Thursday or Friday? They're going to have, like, a full week to prep for this. Any love for LNG here is a big number. They're they're competent. I don't think they're great, but... I wish there wasn't a crazy absurd amount of juice on this. Yeah. Like, if I was getting LNG at the same number that they're offering Sunning at, if it was plus 909, I would snap in on, yeah, I mean, on LNG. Like, the book's going to make their it, money, John. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Sunning... Sitting at minus nine oh nine is crazy for me. Like I don't think there, I don't think there's anybody there minus nine oh nine against. I don't even know if I'd make them minus nine oh nine against like Thunder Talk or somebody. Suning, Suning's weird they've because been like playing well, but yeah, they've been playing well, but they're like, yeah, I don't know. They, they call it like just a gut feeling. I don't know, but like the, this team, it wouldn't shock me at all to see this team just like turn into a pumpkin for a series, like more yep. than a, more even more than like. I want to say even more than like Invictus, which is weird to say, but like they they kind of are in that vein for me, where it's like it wouldn't surprise me at all. They have a weird SOFM factor too. Yeah. Um, I think of SOFM. I, I figured out somebody that I like to compare SOFM to now, and maybe you'll disagree with me, but I found a good comparison for how I feel about him. Not necessarily playstyle wise. My my SOFM comparison is Dardock, which is that he does he does a lot of his own weird stuff sometimes. That's like not necessarily what other people are doing. And sometimes it can look really good, and sometimes it can look really stupid. Yeah. And so I think when you go into a series with somebody like that, there's always a chance that he's going to be like, "We're pulling out the tank Rengar again," and then you just like look stupid and lose. Yeah. Like I think there's always a chance that that's going to happen some percent of the time. They have been playing so well recently. That's the whole catch with this. Like Josh, Chris, what do you like? Is this just too much? Like LNG. So LNG have not beaten a playoff team except Week One against Invictus. They have not beaten the playoff team. They've taken like two games. So I'm not convinced by LNG at all, and they show that that's their ceiling. And Sooning is good. Yeah, it's. I, I hate to admit it, but they're good. Yeah, like do do we trust Sooning enough to lay like two seventy on a minus one point five? I think that's really tough. That's close. I think I'm going to just end up passing this series and just watching it. I don't think I really want to bet on LNG, but I don't think I'm comfortable betting on Sunning either. So I might take LNG kill total. Sunning score pretty low. I mean, at the end of the season, they were a little bloodier, but like generally speaking, they're they're a team that's cool winning like fourteen to fourteen to six, and and so is LNG by the way. So yeah. this is a pretty low scoring series overall. I uh, I wasn't really interested until you started talking about the splits because I just don't ever really believe that there's any mathematical proof to those things. So now it makes me want to bet LNG. Yeah. So yeah. No. If you just if you just season average this whole thing, it's it's LNG with a bullet. Like it's not it's not close. But yeah. Like they I mean, are I mean, it, so it dramatically like, worse yeah, against so the good teams. Start. So it's like legitimately zero wins is insane. But uh, because of that, I think like I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like. At some point, they also themselves have to recognize this, right? So, like, as a as a former competitor, and you guys can say the same yeah. thing, I'm sure. Like, at some point, you got to realize, look, man, like, there's no way that this team is that much better than us. We just need to play better. And yeah. 
you got to think at, at one point they're going to figure it out. It's not like it's a big talent differential here. Mm-hmm. You know, they've clearly shown they have the talent to be a good team. Yeah. They do so many things, like, well. It's just they can't seem to get over the hump against the good teams. And, like, they are competent <laughs> enough to not be favored by – like, to not be underdogs by this much. But, like, that track record is, is – I don't normally like to point to that as a narrative, but it's so stark in this case that I yeah. think it's worth thinking about. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to say it like as coming coming like at you or anything, but I just generally like in almost every case of every sport of betting, like I love fading those scenarios because yeah. Pittsburgh people, Rome Hoots like, Blitz, right? Yeah, people talk themselves into like you know all these crazy things with those oftentimes that that ultimately don't matter or aren't actually statistically valid and mm-hmm. things like that. So. I mean, plus five hundred in a first round matchup against the what is this? What is this? Nine versus or is this seven? Is this versus nine 10. versus six? Seven versus, oh, seven 10. versus ten. Okay, yeah, seems like a bit rich for me, but but yeah, I, I don't think that they win very often. But plus five or almost plus five hundred seems crazy. I think they'll get a game. Just another season of the best mid laner in the LPL wasting his time on a garbage get team. Get out of here with Icon. Get Icon to the Come on, get, get out, out of here, man. Team. Icon has when, made it to the final uh, playoffs. Got to get Rookie going to retire and give Icon his spot, dude. The next generation's here, buddy. Your time's I have done. To, I have to. I have to know now. I'm looking. I'm looking him up. Okay, he's like. Basically, it's all team he, no, he's like I mean, he's basically average and like all because of his team. If it was all fair, he'd be number one. But you know, haven't you played solo queue? It's like I think it's time Bid, to move on with this note. <laughs> Friday in the LEC, we have another interesting one. So Fnatic minus two fifty six against Schalke plus two hundred three. This is ticked up a little bit. This opened closer to minus two hundred for Fnatic. I, I gotta say it, man. I, I'm probably going to be on Schalke here. And it's not just because of the last series either. I legit just don't buy Fnatic. I'm not buying it. I don't think this team's that good. I mean, maybe they're just underperforming and still winning, and I'm not giving that enough credit. We're going to talk about that with the next match too. But am I nuts? Yes. Um, yeah, maybe. Okay. Oh, that's that's why I um, asked. I'm I'm like, am I losing my mind here? Like, I mean, it's one of those things where if you had asked me last week, am I nuts for thinking Schalke is going to get two games here? I'd be like, yes. <laughs> yeah, me saying I would have said the same thing. And it kind of it worked out a little bit. And Fnatic's been shaky, and uh, I think there's definitely some people were the narrative that people pulled out kind of seems like it's right now that like the team's just maybe a little bit too crazy without reckless there to like calm everybody down that everybody's just like kind of a lunatic when reckless isn't there to put everything in it seems like that might actually they're be what's so going on loose they're so loose like every game dude but they're just like the thing that i keep coming back to when i look at shalka every time i look at them including last uh last matchup against g2 i go like abadagi like like has performances like these guys on this team and then i look at the bot lane i'm just like oh like i just don't i feel like their bot lane is so much worse than everybody else's bot lane Dude, they're playing it's really hard they're playing against hilly hilly is actually like he's just me in solo queue dude like if the if your team's ahead then when the hooks hit yeah. you destroy them when your team's behind the hooks hit and you die like that's how it goes <laughs> yeah, but you know I, do what you can it's just like I mean, there's no way I'm paying this price for Fnatic. I'll say that. It's just going to be a matter of if I'm on Schalke or passing this, probably. Like, especially because you could have got this better, like slightly better. 
what I'm going to tell you, I'll just, I'll just be straight up transparent with this. Like what I'm probably going to do is wait for all the people to pat, like pile on fanatic and just wait for the best number on Shalka and get them at like, you know, plus two forty or something like that. When this gets up there, people are going to pound fanatic the closer to the weekend. Like this, it's, it's just going to happen that way. People love this team. And like, they probably win this series. Don't get me wrong, but like, I, I just don't think they're that good. I think they have a lot of individual talent. I just yeah, think their their teamwork and stuff is is not perfect, but I think their individual talent's just too high to lose to Schalke. So I think if if anything I'm going to be on the minus 1 and a half for Fnatic. Yeah. I think so I think something that's <clears throat> going to go like not talked about enough personally uh from the G2 Schalke series specifically is that Wonder he actually like tweeted about it. He played Blind Scion in like literally every single oh, yeah. game of the series. Yeah. And if we if there's one team in the LEC we know that will not do that it is going to be Fnatic. Like Whipple just straight up won't have that. Like he yeah. won't. And what I th- I mean I personally think that that uh, Broken Blade's been the best player on this team by far. The split not really that. Cl- and the reason a main catalyst for their victories, um, game play obviously against G two was insane. But he's shown a, a a big 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 champion pool and yeah. been willing to play a lot of off meta random stuff and carry on it. And I don't think he's going to be able to really do that against Whipple. Now, do I think like, he could definitely like snowball a game against Whipple? Cause he plays poor Whipple plays poorly. Yeah. Well, but I don't think he's going to get the free Darius in the, in the Scion matchup every game. Yeah, Couldn't you make I the same case like, away the other way around too? Like, because they both are like, it's a volatile, it's just a volatile matchup because they both play counter pick so well. Yeah. But I, I just think that the ability, the, the fact that fanatics like not going to just, let it be a guarantee. Like, be a, you yeah, talk about this all you. the time I got you. in draft equity, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you know that that G2 is going to save, you know, mid mid counter pick or bought counter pick, support counter pick, then that gives you so much, you know, leverage in a draft if you have the ability to counter some of these meta champions. That was a, they had a great plan against G2. That. They had a great yeah. plan. And, I mean, I think G2 also played a little bad. I they, that was a weird series from them. I, I'm I'm not going to totally chalk that up to just being weird. I think Schalke just played insanely well in the day too. But like, I also don't want to compare G2 and Fnatic. I think there's a gigantic difference between these two teams. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I just, I just, to me, it's the whole the whole thing with me is the draft because yeah. I think, like John said, almost regardless of the champions, to me, Fnatic's going to have the better bot lane, and. It's hard for me to ever say Gillies is going to be better than anyone, so I'm going to give that edge. And then what I think LSO4 can abuse teams with is insane solo lane gameplay. But I feel like, it, for the most part, Nisky's just going to play a neutralizing mid laner. Yeah. We've seen him play the Galio, Syndra, like Lucian. these kind of bland neutralizing mid laners that just won't lose. And then Whippo can do kind of it, a little bit of it all, which I think just takes away a big part because, like, that's how Schalke beat teams is just solo lane dominance. And we've seen teams win with that in the past. I mean, IG won a world championship off the back of that. But, but yeah, it's just I – think, I think that they won't necessarily have the ability to at least be so far ahead after the draft like they were against G2. I will say that series, it's rare for me, and I wish I got to do it more often. That is the kind of series where I look at who is coaching a team and I just give that person points, and the next time I see that coach go to a team, I'm like, this is a bonus for them. That's a smart game plan they came in with against G2. Not very many coaches are willing to try to do something like that, and it gave them a legitimate shot to win a series that nobody thought they had a legitimate shot winning. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh, shout out to the Schalke coaching staff for being willing to take a shot like that. When you know you're not good as good as the other team, like you just have to recognize that sometimes. Sometimes the you're only, just not the better team on the, like in the game, and you have to do something to make it. You know, give yourself a shot. Yeah, the only critique I have of that is like you can do that in game one. You don't have to wait till you're down to a. And that's what's frustrating because like you know if you come out and punch someone in the mouth with these strategies, we literally saw it last year. G two came out in game one of their playoff series against Fnatic with yeah. like the. Aphelios Lulu bot lane or Kogma Lulu, what was it? it was, I don't remember it which was one Aphel- it was. It was Aphelios Lulu, I think. Or no, it was yeah, Kog Lulu against Santa Tom. That's what it was. That's right. Yeah. And and then we, we saw it in another series when like Fnatic first brought out the Lucian Lilia mid jungle. Like if you come out in game one and just catch people off guard, like you know, I just I just wish people were head. more willing to dive into that, yeah, early. That was it was a great play. I mean I, I don't know if that was just like a straight up soul read. Or it was pure because all right. So I'll say this too: when G two say stuff like that, I like I partially believe them because they're lunatics. But I also think that's kind of like j- they're just bullshitting at the same time. Like I think they legit just either didn't have a maybe they just had a bad week of practice. I don't know, and they were only preparing minimal things because they didn't want to show stuff. But that can happen. Like that's a le- legit thing. If people are going to disrespect that hard, like I don't know. I'm not saying Fnatic are going to do that. I just think. Uh, this is this was a really challenge. It's a really challenging series to think about, right? Because like, the numbers right on the money. If you feel strongly, I mean, you have to feel pretty strongly either way. Otherwise, it's like I think it's just a pass, right? I'm probably gonna be taking Schalke because I I think that was kind of a confidence booster. I do think they're competent. I think they're good. The coaching staff has shown they can show have a good game plan. It's gonna be harder, I think. I never in a million years I think I'd say it's going to be harder against Fnatic than G2 because game plan against G2 is a nightmare. But, like, maybe they're just good and they're just peaking at the right time. You don't like to entirely bank on that, but that's kind of an upside uh, trajectory as well. Like, just something to think of, like, take into consideration. Um, Saturday? What are we missing? Oh, we already got Friday. Okay, so Saturday, there will be the LCK match. I'm going to pull real fast. I'm going to pull the LPL schedule because I think there's going to be another. I think it's Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So what's going to end up happening is there's going to be an L- another LCK match on Saturday, and there's going to be – they're probably going to do two two-gamers or maybe a four-gamer over Saturday and Sunday because there's going to be two LCK matches, one on Saturday, one Sunday, and two LPL matches, one Saturday, one Sunday. So I guess we'll – I mean, these are all theoretical, so we'll just I'll just, like, quick takes on these. Uh, it'd be FPX against the winner of – against Rare Adam or Invictus. Do FPX beat either of those, or um, – I think FPX versus IG is a closer series. I think FPX is favored in either one, Invictus or or, or, or I. Josh? Agreed, but I'd be looking potentially to bet – I, I – I... For me, I don't know, to me, and maybe I'm just thinking of this incorrectly, but I feel like books are going to have FBX at, like, too heavy of a favorite for me. Yeah. And it'll give me, give I me what I right. receive as value on whoever they face. Yeah, probably. Chris, thoughts on that? FPX against Rare Adam or IG? Yeah. Uh, either one, it should be FPX favored. I do – we have some limited sample of Tian being back. I don't know if he's back. Yeah, that's the big question with FPX. Or he's back because 
it's playoffs and he's only half healthy. He looks pretty you know. good in the first series back, but they were also playing against what, like Rogue Warriors or something like that, right? It was OMG, maybe. I forget. Um, WE is going to face probably Sooning. I think WE probably a favorite there. Yeah, that's a that's a really good matchup though. I can yeah. see Sunning winning that one. I, I hope WE wins and Dude, this I hope bracket, the line this is bracket is literally just going to be that sentence like fifteen times. It's like yep. it's like, yeah, no, they could totally win this series. This team's probably gonna be a slight favorite. Like this is gonna yeah. like rinse and repeat. We had a bot watch ten thousand hours of the Gold Card podcast talking about the LPL bracket, and that was the sentence that came out of time. I think um, I think I'm gonna end up on WE if they're just like a really tiny favorite, but if they're a big favorite, then I'll probably end up on Sunning. I think that's a close matchup. Got it. We already touched on the LCK. So uh, Saturday in the LEC, we'll have G2 against Mad Lions. G2 are minus four fifty five. Mad Lions plus three fifty. I gotta say it. I already bet Mad Lions, and it's not just because of last week either. Numbers just too big, right? Like, G2 are a better team. Make no mistake. I think G2 played like dog shit. They had a dog shit pl- They didn't play like dog shit. They had a dog shit plan, and they had to punch their way out of a paper bag in a weird situation in that last series. And they still won. So, I want to give them credit because, like, they literally were in a terrible situation and managed to find a way to win, right? I think I'm going to end up on the opposite side of you guys here. Um, I think – what do you think the odds of this matchup would be if G2 had 3-0 Chalka and Mad had, you know, just 3-2-1 against Rogue or whatever. Probably a little bit more. I think, they, I think they'd be a bit heavier. I think you're getting the best price on G2 you're ever going to get in this matchup, given that Mad had an overall pretty bad season and G2 has been overall pretty dominant this season. I think this is the best price you're going to get because G2 struggled last week and Mad looked way better than people expected them to look against Rogue. Mad had a good series, I think. Like, So I think that might end up on the minus 1.5 for G2 here. I could see that. I have to ask you a question, Vince. Did you see Mad doing anything different than they did all year? In yeah, the that bot game? lane. The bot lane didn't suck. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> li- li- literally, the bot lane flipped heads a couple times. Mm-hmm. But it was good enough to beat Hansama and who are Trimby, I think. Yeah, they, yeah, I don't know how they managed to beat the sixth best eighty carry in the 80, in the LEC. I don't know how they pulled it off. That's. I, I got the 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 gif is the guy pointing up saying that's bait, but I got to point down and say that's bait. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. Uh, Mad played really really well. I think there's something to be said for confidence. I I don't think it was just draft issues for G2 either. They looked off to me. Yeah, they didn't look so good like. Problem. I don't know, man. Like, I, I just think it's too big a number. I think it's too disrespectful to Mad. G2 probably win. That's where I'm at on it. So I think it's just like a number situation. I think G2 probably win 3 2 or 3 1. Like the minus 1.5 in that case, huh? Yeah, I think it's more likely a 3 1 or 3 0. So I'm going to bet the minus 1.5, I think. That's fair. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll clash on that one. Um, Josh, where you at on this one? Uh, I think the number's too big. So the only thing I would say is, John, like last week I made G2 my pick of the week at, to the sweep. And they were plus 120 against Shalka, and they're only plus 164 against Mad. Like, I feel like that gap should be bigger, personally. Like, I feel like the gap between Shalka and Mad is a lot bigger than that. So, I don't know about the price thing. Um, I would have expected it, it, like, if the book shifted their thing, it, you know, that it would get a better price. So, that's the only thing that makes me a little bit hesitant on that front. What do you make this, like, per map? Like, just a percent. I'm just going to do, like, a quick, just a quick calc on this, like... 
I would guess like minus between 180 and 200 for a like, GQ. Like you know, like you personally, I have what would more you like it? minus 250 per game, really? roughly. Okay. So what, like 70, what's it, like 75 percent off the top of my head? I forget. Uh, let's do a quick 71.4. Makes this like a minus 700 series. So for you, that makes sense with your line of thinking, John, if you think they're that much better. What about you, Josh? Uh, I think – I mean, I think this line's about fair for G2 and too high for MAD. Yeah, so I, I, I'd, I'd be on the MAD side, but it's just tough because, like, it's another one of those bets that you don't so want to bet. Yeah, you know, you, but, it doesn't, it, you know it's not going to win, but we said the same thing last week. And sometimes we said the same – yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, the same thing about Rogue MAD. So, yeah, I mean, the, the whole point of betting is it's long-term, right? Right, like, if we find – if we think that MAD should be more like plus 275 and they're plus 350, you bet it and, you know – it hits and you win in the long run, right? Yeah. But you don't you don't overreact it, to the singles match loss or whatever it is. That's yeah. So it is what it is. I think G two wins. I think they, you know, Kev mentioned in the chat that they admitted they had some poor practice. They didn't respect Schalke. I don't think they come into this game with the same attitude, and especially after almost losing uh, last week, I think they you got to feel like G two feels like one of those teams that just gets their they shit together, get together. And yeah, the like, crap out of you. My, my whole but. my whole thing is like if you're going to. I mean, you, I'm trying to think what you got to do. You got to make this like a shade of – it's got to be like 63 a map or something, like give or take, for this kind of series number. Like is this like 63-37 per map? Does that sound that about feels right? A, I mean, that, that sounds about right to me, you know? Yeah. Like maybe even a word on the G2 side, I don't know. But I don't know. It's tough. I mean, the, there's just – there's not as many advantages to point to. I think yeah. in Rogue – I think against Rogue, there was Kevin saying it in the chat, but there was. I mean, I think we all would have said that the one position we would expect Mad to outperform Rogue is that support, and that did happen. Uh, Kaiser had a hell of a series, so I I just I'll don't know where you, that I'll is. I'll be honest with you, I'd question that because Kaiser and Karzi have not had a great season. So Karzi hasn't had a great season. I don't Kaiser know. I don't know what to think of that. Like, yeah, but it's a it's a two person job. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I agree with you, Car. Like. Carsey's been the main problem in, of the two of them, but like they had a good series. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what I'm being fooled by is that they flipped heads because that's what they've been doing all season. But I don't know. They, they, this is an it's interesting. This is another interesting one. So uh, also Saturday. Any other comments on this one? All right. Um, I could see the justification that this is cheap for G two. That totally makes sense to me. I just think, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Saturday, in the LCS, we've got a banger, actually. We've got Cloud9 against Liquid, even money. I think I think you go Liquid here. Um, They're undefeated that's, that's, in series against them. I'm just... I've said it a million times, but I just think there's not very many teams that are playing against Cloud9 the right way, and I feel like Liquid has so far this season, and I just yeah. hope they stick with it. And if they stick with it, I think they'll win the series. So uh, I'm going to be on the Liquid side. Liquid's the best team in the LCS, right? Yeah, I think so. Any objections? It depends. It depends if this someday from last weekend is 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 alive and well for the rest of the season because yeah. that guy was a fucking monster. Yeah, he played out of his mind last weekend. Oh, uh, yeah, nice of him to show up after the season long league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Uh, Shout out to me for winning both the high roller season long leagues, by the way. Oh my God. Yeah, John's John's winning the season long league because, you know, someday just decided to play the game of League of Legends for me, definitely. (laughs) Total, total side note, but uh, I got so lucky. It got pointed out to me right after I drafted. I drafted my team, right? And uh, and I had like, I was in the LPL $500. I was super reliant on JDG. And it wasn't pointed out to me until after I drafted. It was Wooby Cakes that messaged me, actually. And he was like, did you reali- even realize that the last two weeks of the season, they have, like, the two easiest matchups? So if you make the playoffs, you're just, like, a mortal lock to just smash your last two matchups. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't even notice. And sure enough, when we get in the playoffs, like, JDG just plays, like, OMG and Rogue Warriors yep. or whatever their last two matchups and just smashes the playoffs for me. Thank you, boys. So, uh, are we all so this is, here? This is the rare... Pass on an even spread like bet for me. I think I think these are close. I don't know how to feel about it. I think all this. I think this series comes down to two things that I can't predict ahead of time. One is game plan on the day, and two is draft. And I, it's just hard for me to know where these teams are going to be at for this. Um, And so for that reason, like I, I don't think I can bet either one. And it's like really tough because I do think they're really close. I think with certain game plans, either team could be better. And or with certain champions slash draft styles, either team could be better. Um, but it's just hard to tell because, like, you know, I think we could all tell us the story about how Cloud Nine wins and how Team Liquid wins, yeah. right? Like, for Cloud Nine, it's oddly enough, it's go camp the bot lane so Core JJ can't make plays. And for Team Liquid, it's go camp the mid lane so Perks can't make plays. Yeah, um, I think that's a reasonable take for the record. Yeah, and so it's just tough for me to predict that ahead of time. So I just I, I don't really want to want to get myself in a hairy into. It feels like there. you could bet bet the draft in this series. Yeah. Like I yeah. definitely think there's some champion picks I would really like to see on both sides where I could maybe lean towards one side or the other just based on picks. So I'm yeah, probably- maybe we'll be in the uh, in the esports department Discord trying to have some advice for. Live live draft advice, and you'll hear you'll hear Kevin and I yell at Vince because he's happy about a Renekton pick, and John will yell at him because he's happy about a Jace pick or something. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I'm probably gonna pre flop Liquid here. I just think they're better. I think they're more versatile. I think they're they're top to bottom a stronger team. I think they should probably be the favorite in this, and it shouldn't be even money. But I agree with you. If we see the right thing from Cloud Nine, you can just come back on it. It's not you're not really paying that much of a premium to do so. So, and I could even see that happening if they like lose game one. If they just like make an adjustment, and I like the drafting game two, then I can come back and get a plus number on Cloud Nine, and all of a sudden it looks better. So, um, I just think Team Liquid are really, really good, and I actually think they're going to keep getting better. Like I don't even think we've seen the best of this team yet. Measured takes, I like it. Yeah. Um, I think oh. yeah, I think you could say almost the same thing about either team here. Just yeah, like, you... so it's just that's why I think like these teams are are really close. But yeah, it's tough. I love I love yeah. both teams. We're probably gonna I mean, clash on this one. Huge, Go ahead, Chris. huge, huge. Like uh, even with the improvement that Fudge made, Elfar is just gonna body him, and Blabber can babysit him, but it's not gonna matter. Not for this team. <laughs> uh, like, what do we? What do we? What am I? Oh. oh, same same team. High five. <laughs> uh, TSM minus 196, 100 Thieves plus 144. John, this is test, test your metal here. <laughs> My metal's being tested. <laughs> I'm I'll not happy about A quick story just to give an O2. So if you told me a guy who made his biggest bet in FIFA – 
And if he had told the story last week and then come with the story of 100 Thieves will just body Dignitas, I would have listened to him wholeheartedly. <laughs> Listen to him wholeheartedly. But no, he kept it. He kept it. He did. He wasn't shy about the hundred thieves. It's just you know, I needed to know about the FIFA story to confirm everything. You're slamming hundred. You're slamming hundred thieves, right, John? I think so. So here's my thing. I, I'm actually like, obviously, I'm kind of like the resident hundred thieves bull, yeah. and I've definitely been like real bullish on them. I do think they have some real problems that bother me a lot, but I like, I literally I'm friends with somebody who's like a, a high up hundred thieves guy. And every week when I, when they're playing, I just message him. I'm like, tell your fucking team to draft Malphite, Skarner, Oriana, Jinx, fucking some tank support, please tell them to stop drafting anything but that. That is what I want to see every game. And like after every fight, I just message him. I'm just like, can you imagine how that fight would have gone if the backline would have started? Can you imagine instead of dun- instead of dancing around like a Renekton, if he just popped in on the enemy Tristana, it'd be pretty good, huh? So I do have some issues uh, with Hundred Thieves uh, in some of the ways that they draft. I think they don't take advantage of what they do well. Um, I do think who he is had a down season, and I think the things that they're good at are not the way that they play, and that's my biggest issue with Hundred Thieves. Yeah. If they play the way that I want them to play, I think they can win the title or like be in contention to win the title. Um, but they have to play that way, and they have to draft that way, and I have very like large concerns. So this actually, I probably will end up betting Hundred Thieves in this series, but I think I'm going to end up doing draft bets in this okay. series, looking to target Hundred Thieves if they have compositions that I like. I want to see two tanks. I want to see a hyper carry, eighty carry. There's some other things you can do other than that. There's no way they're doing that. (laughs) That's what I want to see. The Hecarim, Tank Hecarim is the nuts for them. Tank Hecarim is perfect. Uh, I want to see, the Gnar is all right because someday, if he's playing the way he was last weekend, he was nuts on that Gnar. Like, if you're playing the Gnar that well, you can play Gnar and and I won't be mad about it. But I want to see the Tank Hecarim. I don't think they're going to get Hecarim. I think teams are kind of hip to that. I think you're probably, I think you might be right about that. And if they, if they try to do some niddly shenanigans or some garbage, I'm not even touching Hunter Thieves. I'm just telling you, like, like teams don't think, like, in terms of, like, tank junglers, it's Udyr and and Hecarim. And, and, like, that's it. Like, yeah, no one's one's playing, no one's playing anything else. And I don't even want to see many tiers down. So. I don't want to see closer on the Udyr either. I think he's he's been very good at being creative with champions like Hecarim and finding great ults, like like really beautiful over the wall type ults or or really fight dividing ults. Yeah. And a champion like Udyr, where you're just like running at the enemy team and trying to get a stun, I don't think that's Udyr, really what Udyr's I want. Udyr's about to incremental advantages and like very very early ganks. Like I want to see the weird. big a champion that has the big move. That's what Hundred Thieves is good at. I want to see the big move. Somebody that comes in and stuns or fears three people at a time. If that if that's what you're, if that's what you're oh. telling me, I'll take TSM all day in this series because I don't think this stuff's happening. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, that's, so that's my thing. It's like I'm, I don't know that I'm going to bet it ahead of time. I think I'm going to watch the drafts because if, if Hundred Thieves, like I said, they've drafted like some Nidalee and stuff this season. If they're doing that, I don't want any part. I'll, of them. I'll I want say them this: playing a very way. usually what ends up happening is in live drafts. If you end up seeing weird shit like that, it's going to bump like in favor of TSM. So you're going to get a better number on on Hundred Thieves than this number probably. So if that's the game plan and that's what you want to take, like the approach you want to take, I wouldn't even bet them before the match. I would just wait until they draft like. I don't know, Sejuani or something like that. And the you know, people live bet against that because people just bet win rates. And I, I do think that for the, like for the record, I do think TSM only has one lane that they're clearly better in, which is mid. 
And I don't even have a problem with Rioma. I think Rioma's a like has played solidly, but I think they're clearly out out, out like skilled. I mean, Poe just does the job better, like way better. No, he's just he's yeah. just significantly better. Yeah. But in the top lane, I think Hunter Thieves has an advantage. AD Carry, I think they have an advantage. I think support is to TSM, but if I hold the bot lane, I would give it to Hundred Thieves. And then the jungle, I think, is pretty close. I think both Speaker and Closer have been kind of inconsistent this season and had some up and down performances. So, Josh, Chris. Thoughts on this riveting series? I'm 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 actually just so mad, honestly. So here here's the deal. TSM was supposed to fucking lose. Uh, pardon my French. Yeah. Okay, they should have lost. <laughs> yeah, and they also should have beat Team Liquid. So what the hell? This is like the weirdest. Yeah, but thing. but it was like... just evil geniuses is is, is like not human. Uh, dude, these throws were just absolutely vomit inducing. I'm just discussing for my yeah. DFS lineups. Anyways, so I'm pretty on tilt about that. But uh, I, so I, I don't think I, and I would have been betting EG in this series. I wish I would have could have done it and got a good number, probably. But maybe I would have bet it hundred thieves, depending. Anyways, I think TSM is better than a hundred thieves straight up. This number seems about fair, um, and so I think it's just uh, I'm I'm on the side of the favor, but I think the number's fair, so I'm just going to take TSM minus one and a half. I actually already claimed it as my pick of the week, um, and I think I think what John said is correct. I think 100 Thieves can win that way. I just think they're not embracing it, and we've talked about we talked about it last week. Got into a big thing about it. I just again I I don't think they want to play that style, and I don't think they'll embrace it. Um, and I think there could be a big chance of a of a support gap here um, because. For all it's worth, man, like Sword Art has been an absolute monster over about the past like four weeks, two maybe. months, yeah, eight weeks. six weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, he's been a monster. And last week, he, he, I mean, if we're gonna say anything about the reason that TSM was winning those games, it was Sword Art finding monster engages in the end of the in in the late game team fights. He, he was treating really hard, you could say. Yeah, <laughs> he was. And, well, and. And EG should have never been in a lot of those situations where it happened that they got collapsed upon and lost these things, which is why I said that they were throwing. Yeah. And it was disgusting. But so um, take advantage of it. But yeah, you have to take advantage of it and it's still a good play on him to make those plays. So I, I just think I, I, I lean TSM here. I think the number's about fair, so I definitely understand both sides. But to me I think TSM's a better team and I'll take them to, to... anytime I think a team is clearly better, I'll just take the plus money on the minus one and a half. Yeah. Personally. I actually think this number is like right on the money. So I'm, it's one. Sorry, I, I think this this number is like exactly right. Cause like so like I think like numbers wise, this is probably like slight edge to hundred thieves like value on them. But like I I, I just think fundamentally TSM is a better team. So like I would give a slight bump to them, but that bump probably puts them into this range. So I'm probably just gonna pass this. I'm gonna be interested to see where this goes. Like. I could see money coming in either either side of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, people might think that this is just like an insane value on Hundred Thieves. Like, if they're if they're, if they're not if they're thinking of the TSM that nearly lost last week instead of the TSM that probably should have beaten Liquid, I could see. It, 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 I'm just interested to see how the money moves on this one. Like, how the market's going to change, or if it just stays put and this is just a good number. Like, the fact that I'm having a hard time with this probably means it's just going to stay put. But who the hell knows? So. One other thing I think is interesting to talk about is the jungle matchup. I know John, you mentioned like they've both been inconsistent, but the one thing like 
uh, and I, I actually think you would agree with this take, is that like if you're going to be an inconsistent jungler, at least be one that plays for your team. And I think that's something Spika embraces a lot more than Closer, just like in their approach to the game. Like I think in a perfect world, Closer would play a lot more like Blabber um, if he could. So to me, uh, that also gives me a slight edge there in the jungle yeah. to, to Spika because I think he's more willing to make these plays for the teams. And like I was looking just briefly at some of their stats and like you can see it in, in like little things like – for example, like wards per minute, Spika is Way better. 0.48 and closers 0.34. And like that's just a tiny little thing, you know, but but that's just like kind of exemplifies the difference. And the other one's like CS percentage past 15 minutes. Spika's actually got the lowest percentage past 15 minutes in the entire league mm-hmm. for junglers in the LCS. Um, and so like to me, I kind of would like to lean with the team that like in this meta at least that that's embracing that yeah. play style. If if you look at the two of them in like traditional measures, like your your differentials of 10 and 15, they're like right next to each other, but speak is way way better in like all the auxiliary utility shit. So they're yeah, pretty I, I do close. Agree they're pretty close. If you remember that game where where Speaker had like three deaths at like 10 minutes or whatever, that's a game where closer would not have like recovered in that game, and they they probably would not have won that game, and and Spika playing that way really helped his his team recover. Are we like? I don't. Know, I th- I think most of us came around on him by the end of summer because we all were very skeptical of him coming into the summer split. Are we like? Is Spika just good? I, I'm on Team Spika is just a good player. I think he's just good. I don't know if he's great, but. That's how I feel. I feel like he's a he's a good player, but he's still going to be the weakness against teams that have great junglers. Yeah, uh, a weakness against teams that have great junglers. He's just lucky that there's like two of them in the LCS. So yeah, there's there's really not very many great junglers in the LCS. You're right. Yeah, Kev's Kev's with it. Wow, Kev, you and I ever agreed on anything? That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think we're on pick of the week now, right? Uh, Yeah. That's it for the week. So pick of the week. Last week I had Genji minus one and a half maps. I finally got off the snide and got one. Uh, against DRX, John hit 100 views minus 1.5 against at plus 108. Um, Chris minus one and a half, uh, T1 minus one and a half against Hama Life. I was with you on that one. Good shit. Josh unfortunately had G2 minus two and a half. That we all know how that went. And the listeners missed on their parlay because Rogue lost. So, what do we have for pick of the week this week? Um, I locked in pretty early T1 minus two and a half against DRX. I think that series is going to be an absolute blowout, and I'm not, I'm not too worried about that bet, to be honest. I made that one pretty casually without much thought. Who's next? Uh, I know I picked Team Liquid to win the game, so I'm going to guarantee you they win by picking C9 as my pick of the week with their minus 1.5. Um, I... <laughs> It's a value. I'm fishing for value. It's not that easy to come by. I could have easily picked Invictus. I think that is the slam dunk easiest one to pick for that one. But I never bet IG, just like <laughs> IG. Uh, so this gives me thinking, if if C9 does win, and I hope it's not going to be a good series. So this is all a hope and a prayer, to be honest. But uh, that it's going to be close, but maybe a 3-1 for C9 if they do win. Okay. I mean, you're having two teams that have even odds at money line, but Liquid at wait, I didn't even see Liquid minus one point five is at Liquid. Oh, that's a, I am tempted to swap over. I'll I'll let you know. Yeah, that's weird. I I just looked at it when you start talking about it, Chris. 
That's kind of weird. You get 25 more points for the liquid minus one and a half. They're the underdogs. And then you, yeah, but they're even at the money line. So yeah, yeah it's just that weird. money lines are slight favorites for Cloud Nine. So technically, Liquid are the underdogs in that match. It's not really, but it is. You know, it's um, the listeners are going to be going with. I just rolled this while you guys were doing yours uh, at DFS underscore Chen from the Discord and on twi- uh, Twitter. He's going against John on this. He's going T1 DRX over three and a half maps at minus 154. I don't hate it. Um, Josh, you said you're on TSM. Yeah. Did you talk about yours? Yeah, already? so. No, I didn't. I, I, I totally talked about blew it out of the way. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Yeah. I was between. Uh, I was looking at TSM minus one and a half versus Fnatic minus one and a half, and it just came down to TSM had better odds. I think they're. Uh, kind of similar series to me in my brain, although I do think Fnatic deservedly is is more of a favorite. Um, but yeah, like I said, we talked about it a little bit. I just think TSM has enough advantages for me to like it. Uh, one one big thing I didn't mention yet that I think is honestly the the main kicker in the series is that Hundred Thieves I believe had the longest average game time in the LCS this uh, spring split, um, and we've seen them like really struggle to close out games early, and they mm-hmm. tend to let games go long. I think TSM is one of the few teams that that's actually a really bad thing. Because Power of Evil just is so good at farming and scaling that he's probably one of the only people in the league, honestly, that can match FBI on that front. And I think mid game champions or mid mid lane champions kind of tend to have the ability to like decide things by themselves. Like FBI is going to need a lot of protection and peel and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, like John talks about in their team compositions. Whereas Power of Evil, like if he's on a Victor, if he's on an Oriana, kind of like regardless. You know, obviously he he does still need some peel and things, but he can just one shot three members with a great ultimate, great setup, great spell hit. So, I think that that does a little bit lean again the favor to TSM just because power of evil in late games is just he's so nuts. He's we, so we've all savage. seen it. Yeah, he's uh, someone he reminds me a lot. Actually, I mean, he's an old school name, but uh, reminds me a lot of Easy Hoon. Easy Hoon was the same kind of player where he was just like, just. Uh, it's hard to explain it, but like could just see fights really well. Like just like it, it's hard to like you talk about quarterbacks seeing the field. Like they don't have to overthink everything. They just they just see it and absorb everything without like a hitch. Like there's no hiccup at all. It's just they get it, and that's like an that's like that comes from practice. But that's a bit of an intangible. You know, like some people can just do that, and other people have to work really hard at the minutia, right? And there's certain players that are like that. I always found myself to kind of be like, I mean, obviously I'm not on this level, but like that's how I was when I was like, I'll see in my prime old man status, right? But that's the kind of player I saw myself as, and that was what I identified I was good at, so I played to that. So I, I really relate to the power of evil, the easy hoon, these kind of players. So and yeah, power of evil is ridiculously good at these kind of things. He's always looking for like the impact spot, whether it's position, the right person to focus on, the right person to save cooldowns for versus use cooldowns for. Like he's just he just gets it. Really good macro player. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit out of left field here, and I'll ask you guys how we want to grade this. Um, I'm gonna take Mad Lions plus nine and a half kills on every map. Do we just want to grade? Just grade this? how it plays out. We'll grade it how it plays out. Like I'll, I'll just assume minus one ten for the sake of of ease on this, and we'll do, you know, I win ninety one cents for every every map it hits, and I'll lose. I'll, I'll just do the math on it if it if it if it pans out, and I'll yep, just I'll do it up that way. So I'll do. Um, 
I, I really just think they're live to actually do something in this series, and 9.5 is a big kill spread, even in, like, higher-scoring games. So, and G2 have any... I mean, I'll just pull this up right now because I had it up earlier. Like, G2 are not good against the kill spread. Like, they're 8-10 and 10 against an average spread of 8.5, so, as favorites. So, it just felt like a really big number for a playoff series to me with a team that's, like, not... That's, like, the kind of spread you get with a team that's dog shit. And Mad Lions are good, so... I don't think they're as good as these top teams, but they're. I think they're the third. Are they the third best team, or do you guys think Fanatics the third best team? Or second best? I don't know. I could hear that too. I'd probably go Fanatic, but I think Fanatic versus Mad is a really interesting series that that could easily go either way. Yeah. Uh, Chris, pick of the week for you. Oh, he did it. It was uh, Cloud Nine slash Team Liquid minus one and a half. Oh, I, I wanted to clarify. Right? I might flip flop between TL or C Nine, but. I think, let me stick with C9. I want to guarantee my TL win. <laughs> okay, so Cloud9 minus one and a half, so TL is going to yeah. stomp 3-0, right? That's the way So that means, yeah, that means if you play Chris in head-to-heads on, on uh, Saturday, <laughs> you know he's playing TL, so <laughs> just accordingly. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. No, you can't. It's the same match. You can't. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so... um. I think that's going to be it for us this week. Playoffs, looking forward to this. Got a couple really interesting matches. Even the matches that are like, they look like blowouts, like from a betting perspective and DFS perspective, this is going to be a really interesting slate, I think. Like that first one with IG and Rare Adam just kind of making it real weird is going to make for some interesting builds, I think. And uh, we'll see what what the rest of the weekend brings in terms of matchups. Like if any of these turn into an upset, all of a sudden that's going to make everything real weird. So, I do have a very short sign-off. Yeah, go for it. Just have to uh, pat myself on the back a little bit. We completed this Steinberg challenge against Saber Sim, uh, whose owner challenged me to a heads up challenge uh, for the rest of the season, and we completed it early. We're so far ahead that he can't win now. Uh, there was over twenty thousand inside action on that, um, and we we ended up taking that down fairly convincingly. He's uh, considering running it back in summer, and uh, we will definitely do it again if he wants to. So. Sick, uh, sick little win for the nice. esports department there. Let's go Continuing the heads up dominance. Uh, I'm now four and one in these heads up challenges, and the one that I lost, I avenged in a in a rematch. So no one has a has a winning record over me in these challenges yet. Nice, nice. Chris, Josh, anything? FIFA. FIFA. <laughs> Josh, you good? Yeah, I don't got it. TFT Grandmaster Josh over here. I lost it. Don't worry about it. Oh, no. He's tilted. Look at him go. All right. I think we're going to get on out of here, folks. Definitely hit up the Esports Department Discord. Leave your uh, rate review and subscribe. Tell your friends. Retweet all the stuff. Uh, get in on Pick of the Week. We need more people getting in on Pick of the Week. The same we got the D-Gen parlay. Oh, the I forgot. Parlay. I forgot. We got to do the big Kev D-Gen parlay of the week. Um, thank you. I mean, we can skip it. I'm totally down to just skip it and never I mean, alright, so Kev, I saw you type some more to me. I'm just gonna do the original one, cause I, it's what I typed. So, uh, we have the Big Kev D-Gen Parlay of the Week. We gotta start just having you voice record this and do like a cut, co- like not Cousin Sal, but like some, some like goofy call-in 30 second clip. I think that'd be fun. Uh, he hit last week, just for the record. Let the record show. But the Big Gen, the Big Kev D-Gen Parlay of the Week is... One, two, three, four, five, six parts. Six leg parlay. We have no org. My, why is no. 
No work minus three twenty five against Golden Guardians Academy. All right, we're 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 full DGen status. Did you, did <laughs> hey, you throw no some Russian tennis stuff into this? There's no yeah. Russian ping pong. There's no darts. There's no Aussie rules. We tier three tennis. Can we get some like Chinese CS go? Uh, so we have no org minus three twenty five against Golden Guardians Academy. Hunter Thieves Academy against CLG Academy. Uh, Sooning minus two point five against LNG. IG minus one forty. Against Rare Adam, T1 minus 2.5 against DRX. This is so degen. This is going to be so easily blown out. I'm a life money line at plus 1611. We got to do, you know what would be fun? If we started doing like a try not to win. I got to say, as much as like 100% Pilates correct that uh, parlays are not uh, profitable bets. They are fun. I am. <laughs> I am I am a massive winner in parlays. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, me too. Massive winner in parlays. So, like, they're generally not good bets, but I have a monstrous ROI in parlays. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, like same. Oh, oh, I, I mean, do- honestly, over the course of the years, that's probably been the most profitable thing for me. <laughs> it's crazy. C9 was off the board. Oh, my God. I'm, I can't – I'm not changing this midstream. It's down. It is what it is. It's written in stone. It's here forever, Kev. All right, guys. I think that's going to be it for us. Everybody have a good weekend. Um, definitely hit up the Esports Department Discord. Like I already said, rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, episode 100, guys, we did it. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode. Oh,